Welcome to the Leadership Now podcast with your host, Mary Belden McGrath, where community leaders share their successes, their obstacles, and their knowledge. Now here's your host, Mary Belden McGrath. So first and foremost, I just want to say, Ryan, thank you. You know, as a, um, as a high D, so those of you who know this, this is Ryan, my conversation. Hey, Ryan, I'd love for you to be a guest on the Leadership Now. Okay, great. What is it? And I said, well, I just interview about a topic. Cool. When? You know, it was just like back and forth. So what do you want to talk about? I don't know. You choose. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, seriously. What do you want to talk about? And we're doing all of this through text. And so, you know, you as a, you know, associate head coach for TCU Women's Soccer and what you have done in the past going into your 11-year season is just mind-blowing. The season that you had last year in the midst of just this crazy adversity and to know not only, yes, were you dealing with the pandemic, but things were happening within the team. There were so many different challenges and you had winning your conference title. You end up in the Elite Eight and just in the Final Four or uh, top four. And just to see what you've done and who you are, I just want to say thank you for being on here. Oh, well, I love it. I love being on here. I love talking to you guys. I, for those that don't know, Mary and, and Eric have worked with our team for a while. And a fun, a, another funny story is that when Mary and Eric first started working with us, Mary will tell you, I was probably not the biggest believer oh, no. um, and uh, was probably the hardest person to be convinced. <laughs> um, but obviously have seen uh, you know, seeing what she, what their group has done with us and me personally, and I would never have gone to bold. Mary knows that um, when we first started, but obviously have gone and and loved it and gained so much experiences and all the help that you've gone for us. And so when you asked to do it, I of course was like, of course I want to do it. Like I love, you know, what what I have what I have personally gained through these experiences. And so I was excited to be on here for sure. Yeah, I, and I just had this flashback. If we would have been doing this six years ago, you would have said, oh, no. why did the heck? Yeah, our first our first training with you, you're like, mm-hmm. No, I'm a big believer in training. <laughs> like, Ryan, <laughs> you're the problem. <laughs> I, had to, I had to grow up. You had to grow up. Everybody has to grow up and, and be willing to listen. And that was something that I had to grow to. So, you know, and it, and um, I was, I remember Eric pulled me aside behind a closed door and he and I had a little go at it. Um, and uh, it was awesome after that, to be quite honest, but, but that's how, that's how I responded. And that's how I, what I needed from him. And, and it changed how I look at things in a lot of ways. So yeah, six years ago, that'd have been a no, but for now it's a, it's a heck yes. So, right. you know, well, and, you know that, and even what you're talking about absolutely goes into the topic that you chose, yep. <laughs> you know, mindset fighting through adversity Sometimes you don't like things that happen. We just have to deal with it in it. So when you look at mindset and fighting through adversity, what does this mean to you? You know, I think that so many, and I obviously comes from the kids that I deal with and dealing with, you know, kids that are in college and things like that. And I coached youth before. And so, but I think adversity is dealing with things that you're not accustomed to dealing with things that you don't feel are going to help you um, because you've never done it that way. And, and then being a lot of times the adversity of being closed minded to like not wanting to do it because I've always done things this way and this is the way I'm going to do it. And this has always worked for me. Um, and so dealing with that, you know, adversity of like, first off, I have to convince my own mind that it's going to be something that I should try. 
And then from there, it may or may not work because it, it doesn't always work, obviously, but it's the it's convincing for me personally. And I think in players to get them out of their comfort zone to try something that their mind is telling them that it won't work. Um, and then seeing kids fight you on it, you know, they, they, they battle, they bang heads, they don't want to do it. Their body language says they don't want to do it. You know, the arms crossed, like you said about me, you know, those kind of things. And so I think that that is where the adversity starts when we deal with kids and where it started with me, you know, and, and I look, and then I, you know, and how you fight through that. I know for me, and then the obstacles that come across the obstacles that come, you know, in the way of dealing with that, you know, and okay, I'm going to try this coach, but in the first day, something else pops up and okay, well, do you listen to coach again or do you keep on fighting through that? And I think that's where my, my opinion of adversity comes from. So. Do you think trust is at the core though? hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, um, one of the things that if the players don't trust and they don't, they don't know you care about them, then they're not gonna, they're not gonna, um, they're not gonna do it. You know, I, I used to hear, there was a saying that was in college sports and athletics in general, as it related to, I coached men obviously before I coached TCU. So I dealt coaching men for a long time, some of the, some great players. And then obviously I switched over to coaching the women's side. And one of the things that was told me in the very beginning was a, 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 a female player doesn't trust you until she knows she, you care. And a man player, a male player doesn't trust you until he knows how much you know. But I think it's completely wrong today yeah. I think some coaches still say that saying and I'm like no you're wrong kids people to today want to know you care no matter what right. male or female players people people want to know you care and so once you can develop that trust and bond with them whether that be in sports or you know regular life that's when they will start to allow you into their their circle and allow you into what they're thinking um you know I mean, what one thing that Mary that we, we do now here is that, you know, I'm actually after this meeting, I'm going to meet with a player, one of our incoming freshmen and me and her, me and her just having lunch. Um, and we're going to talk about her life and her family and her school and what checking in on her, what brought her to TCU because they're all on campus now. And it's how many times that we have to, that's what's made us more successful. Once our players now know that we care about them, I can push them through anything. Yeah. I can make them, I can make them run through brick walls. Um, whereas before I would force them to run through a brick wall. Now I hold their hand as they run through the brick wall. And I think that has changed everything about how they, how we, how our team responds and how we handle it. So. Well, and it's authentically caring, you know, and yeah. it, what you're saying, yeah. there's actually a saying, I think it was Zig Ziglar who said it, that, you know, people don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. And that's exactly right. what you're saying. And it really right. is, it's the authentic caring. And we see that whether it's in sports or in the workplace or just in life in general, People want to know that you absolutely are going to come alongside them. You know, if everyone wants to be seen, we want to be heard. We want to know that we have value. And it comes down to someone going, I see you. I right. care about you. I see your struggles. I hear your fears. Okay, so let's get back up. You know, let's get up. And I'm, I'm walking alongside you. It's, it's funny because I remember one of the things that your husband said to me about like, um, one of the things that I need to do better. And it's, uh, it's talking about caring about people, but it was really about talking about engagement and talking about eye contact. Um, and he was like, Ryan, let us see your eyes more. Let us see your eyes more. One of the things that I really think about when I talk to players now and I meet with them is like giving them all my time, put my phone down, make sure the computer has gone to sleep, you know, that kind of stuff and look at them in the eye and know that they're sitting here, that they're, that their meeting time is valuable. Um, I have a mentor, a guy named Coach Yeagley, um, who used to be the men's coach at Indiana, and uh, he's retired now. 
and he knows everybody. He knows everybody in the, in the, in the whole soccer world. But whenever you, he gave you his two minutes, that two minutes, he was all in on you. Um, and even though it was only two minutes, you were like, he cares. He cares about you. And you, I would, I, I have, and can, will continue to do anything for the man because he, he makes, he know, you know, that he cares about you. And so that's why that's what the players like, you know, we get after our kids, we push them, we hold them accountable. And I think that's one of the things that they, they respect is that they know we're going to care about them, but they also know that when the, when, when we set our standard and we're going to hold them accountable, we're going to hold them accountable. We're going to, we're going to do it in the moment. I think what people really appreciate about at least what I, what I try to do is that it's about holding them accountable in the moment. It's not about, Hey, something happens. And then a week later or two days later, you go back to them and say, Hey, listen, it's like, Hey, Hey, don't do that. Bam, done, move on. And it's like, okay, don't make a big deal about it. Don't harp on it. They see that two minutes later, I'm still treating them the way I was five minutes ago, but Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to say something. This shouldn't be done this way and let's move on. And I think that a lot of times people want to like, if you make too big of a deal about a small, too big of a deal, something small, well, the players are like, well, coach, I, I get it. I messed up, but let's not harp on that for forever. Um, and thank you for pointing it out then, because I, I know I personally, if I mess up, just tell me, don't wait a week to come back and say, Hey, do you remember when you, you know, you were talking about that? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Uh, huh? What? I don't even remember that, you know, and it, the effect isn't the same, but if you say it in the moment then I'm like, okay, got it. I know what you're talking about. I know the context. And so, you know, I think players know that we care about them. We do so much to spend time with them and show them that whenever they call me for a, a class change, I don't wait. It is, you are going to be the priority in that moment. I'm going to get it done. You know, I'm going to get it done for you fast, but because of that, then when I need you to do something, they're going to do it for me too. And they're going to know the expectation is the same that way also. So, you know, you're talking about it's feedback in the moment in, mm -hmm. You know, we talk a lot with business owners and we do our leadership for managers course. And one of the biggest things with feedback is most leaders don't give feedback in the moment. And that's right. what you're saying is we don't know what to change unless we know what to change right then, because life happens around this hamster wheel. And then it's the annual review or the quarterly review is like, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah. I can change it now if you tell me what to work on. And it's never about the person, it's about the behavior. And once we right. can correct the behavior, you know, with kids, it's a, and I know with kids, it's a really fine line because they're so impressionable as it is. And they want so much to do their best. And a lot of their self-worth comes from playing time. So how do you manage giving, because you're a strong person, like you're a strong person. How do you manage giving them feedback where it doesn't crush their mindset to where they go, I want to be better. Yeah, I think, you know, every person is going to find their own way. And I think that for me, it is showing how much I care. And I'm pretty passionate. I'm pretty loud. I'm pretty outgoing. I'm pretty animated. Um, but I think over time that, you know, I think it all comes down to spending enough time beforehand, showing them that I care, showing them that I care, showing them that I know what I'm talking about. Um, not arrogantly, but just showing them, hey, this has worked. Trust me, trust me, trust me. Um, I think that that is so key. I, I, I never put as much emphasis on it as I have the past couple of years. Um, I think also for me to convince these kids is that I've really tried the past couple of years, today's generation of players is about being positive, finding a way to say something, but spin it in a way that's like, 
point out, hey, this is what you did when you did it right. Here's the reward for doing it right. Instead of saying, this is how you did it bad. And the punishment from comes from doing it bad. And I, and I know in the past couple of years, really this past year for sure, but in the past couple of years, we've tried to, and I've tried to be a more positive person. When I give feedback, instead of pointing out the negative of doing it bad, point out the positive when they do it right. And they love it. They love it. And so therefore they want to do it again and again and again, because they want to hear the positive. And so, you know, you can, I can choose the positive. I can choose the negative, you know, and go from there. And I think also they'll know, I'm going to point out the positive, but if it gets to a point, I'm going to, I'm going to show them what needs to be done correct but I'm, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. And, and I, and then circling back around after practice, circling back to put your arm around them and say, Hey, I know that didn't go well, but you know, I care about you. Hey, do you need something else? Did you not understand? I think that you got to circle back because therefore they, otherwise they're like coach only, they only heard me yell, but they need to hear me come back to them and say, Hey, I got, you got it. You're fine. Let's go. I'm going to do an individual session with you. We're going to work on it. And they're like, okay, coach, thank you. You know, that kind of stuff. So, so. I just had a question. Well, I said, are you recording this? Yes, we're absolutely recording this. Mm -hmm. So I have in regards to the um, generation now, and you were yep. talking about the last couple of years being more positive. Is that, is that one of the biggest things that you've seen shift or what other things have shifted between let's say 10 years ago versus the generations that you're coaching now? Yeah, I think um, that is the, the I think the uh, 10, 10 players 10 years ago, you could just tell you would tell them everything they need to do to fix it. And you could yell at them, you could get on them all the time. And they just wouldn't, they would respond, okay, coach, this is, I'm going to go, I'm going to run through walls. Today's players want to know the why so much more. Mm -hmm. I think every person today wants to know the why so much more um, and not just players. And I mean, when I say players, this is how I relate to people that I'm friends with too. I mean, I think this is kind of how I live my life, but like just talking to people more about the positive and things they can do well. Um, showing them the why today's kids want to see the why they got to know why once they know why they'll do anything they really will because then they then they can process it and say okay I get it even if they don't agree with it they at least know that you've put some thought into doing it um, I also think today's today's players you have to really understand coaching today's kids that they have so many things going on in their life so many things you know there wasn't social media 10 years ago you know, it was, it, there wasn't so much less in the world. And so now there's so many other things going on in their lives that you've got to understand that soccer is just a small part of their life. And you got, you can't coach every kid that they want to be a pro, you know, you got to coach kids to the level that they want to be at and in the mindset that they want to be at. And so, you know, I used to coach every kid that they wanted to be a pro. And now I'm like, you know what, she doesn't want to be a pro, but she still wants to be good. She still wants to have fun with her friends and so therefore coaching her to that, coaching her to what she wants, instead of coaching her to what I think the standard should be. I met with a girl um, years ago. Do you remember Courtney Forte um, played on our team? Maybe back in the very beginning when y'all started with us. And I met her talking to her and I was like, I was like, Courtney, I was like, what do you like? What do you, you don't seem, you don't want to be a pro. What's your motivation going into your senior year? She's like, it's my friends. I was like, so it's not about winning. It's not about that. She goes, yeah, coach, I want to win. She goes, but I don't want to let my friends down. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, then I spun working hard, winning, coaching her in a way about that is about not letting your friends down because one of your friends really wants to win. So if you don't want to let her down, then you need to help her win. 
and instead of making it about winning for Courtney, it was about winning for her friend. And so really finding out what makes each kid tick today and spinning the motivation to that yeah. ends up getting maybe what my ultimate goal is, is of winning a national championship. So, you know, and it's, I, as you're talking, it's just like, I just see a dance, right? It's a dance yep. between you have this player that needs to be coached this way. You have a yep. player that needs to be coached this way. And that's the same thing in life, right? In business, we have one person that's, that needs to be mentored this way in another way, but at the same time, you're in a business to win. Yep. So yep. you have, and you've actually developed uh, quite a few pro players, and yep. then you have players that are good players. You have players that they want to be with their friends. So how do you get them all moving in the same direction while one is working really hard and the other might not be working as hard? I think that it's about it's about setting, um, making them realize that we have a program goal. The program goal is to win championships, but the program's goal is to help you, to help you be the best that you can be. So we have a program goal and and your goal, and they and they can go side by side. They really can, and talking to them about that, you know, what do you want to do in business? Do you want to be in a you know, a business degree? Do you want an education degree? And really showing to those kids like, hey, listen, you can go do all this that you have your own personal goals while still doing the team goal. And they can actually work together. Um, so talking to them about that, I think um, really doing what I have learned about it is that I have to do even more now to help their personal goal to get the team goal. Um, so, you know, doing internships or things like little things that we do, we help them get internships and we help them find jobs and, you know, write letters of recommendation, all those kind of things, community service, but really showing them that the, the team goal and the individual goal do not have to collide. They can work together. And when they know that you're invested in their individual goal, probably more than the team goal, to be quite honest, they will then come to the team goal. There's no doubt about it. So you just got to show them that, that, that I, we have the team goal, but show them this is maybe more important. And then they'll make this one more important. So. Well, and it's you know playing for TCU, playing yeah. on any team, being with any it's a it's a privilege, it's an yeah. honor. And so it's figuring out which goes into recruiting, right? You guys are recruiting some of the absolute best athletes. What are you doing to get that that level of player? Yeah, getting lucky. <laughs> no, um, I think um, that you know that goes into TCU is a great school. Um, it's a great, great campus. is amazing for those that have been here. It's so pretty. You know, you get a kid on campus and they're like, "Wow, this place is amazing." Um, you know, I think uh, it's a great education, great campus, great place to live. Fort Worth's a great town for those that haven't ever been here. Uh, great place to visit. Um, but you kind of combine all those things and it, and it, and it sells itself. Um, we play a brand of soccer that's different than most. We, we pass the ball a lot more than most teams and kids, they, they like to do that. Um, but yeah, I think it, you know, kind of goes into all that. They want to win. We do win now. So, you know, you got winning, you got campus, you got location, you got school, um, you know, and I think, you know, you put all those in together and that's kind of how it goes. You know, contacts, I think, are a big part of it also. Knowing the coaches around the country, spending time with them. I mean, I, I think in every business, it comes down to relationships. And, you know, we have relationships with club coaches. We have relationships with our players here. You know, it comes down to relationships. If you can form great relationships, then they will all, great relations will take care of each other. And I think it's one of the things that we also have done to be pretty successful, so... Do you walk in though prior to recruiting? Do you look for 
certain skill set? Do you look for attitude? Do you look for behavior? Do you look for mindset? I mean, what's your yeah. what's your secret sauce? I mean, I think obviously you got to look at first for the soccer. I mean, that's how we get attracted to a person first because they do well in the game that we watch. From there, it's all about learning about them from a personality standpoint, learning about them from a culture standpoint. I mean, our culture is so important to us of hard work, accountability, preparation. Um, we believe in that kind of stuff. And so therefore we want to find out is this, is this person, do they, do they practice extra? Do they come to extra practices? Do they, are they complaining? You know, do they, do they, are they, do they want to do those kind of things? And so those are the questions we ask after we're attracted first to the player, um, because we don't want a kid that's going to come here and be a superstar, but be a pain because it ends up being that they take away from our own culture. And I think that that's one of the things that, you know, you guys have helped us develop over time, but we have now hold on as like the Holy grail um, of this is our culture and we are not going to give in. And there have been some kids that have come through here that wanted us to give in. And we've had to say, Nope, sorry, you're good, but it's not going to work. Um, and they've gone on to play at other places and done fine to be quite honest, but that, but that team hasn't gotten to the elite eight. That team hasn't been ranked number three in the country because it, the culture over time will keep, will get you there. And so, you know, we fight for our culture. There's no doubt about that. So. You know, and it goes back into mindset. So, yep. and I know that with mindset within the TCU soccer program is so huge and really having that growth mindset so what happens if you see as a player that they don't have a growth mindset, yeah. they have more of that fixed, you know, stock, but they think they have a growth mindset. How do you coach them through that? Because you have to, you don't know, they have to be able to see it and then buy into it. I, you know, from the way I do it personally is I try to tell them my life. You know, um, I try to tell them to connect from a standpoint of I see you or I see that person. Let me tell you what I, what, what I have had to do in life and to see if there is a way that some of the, my story can connect um, and show them how, hey, I was in your shoes. I've been there. I got it. But let me show you when I finally got out of that space, how much better it, I became in, in everything I did. Um, I think that we try to talk to them like that, try to, you know, connect with them, try to have them talk with some of the seniors, you know, or the older players about where they're at, um, you know, and then on the field, the truth is it's, if you're not going to do it my way, then you can sit down and all kids want to play. And if they're really good, typically once you show them, it's either my way or the highway on the field, they will come around. But but making them understand that like, Hey, I've been in your shoes. I've been there. You know, it's like whenever a kid gets injured, I'm like, listen, I've been injured. I, I know exactly what you're going through. Hey, I, and I, I mean, I'll tell kids all the time. Listen, I didn't start every game I played in my college career. Like I was on the bench. I was on the second team. I, I get it, but, it, but here's how the, here's how it goes. If you, if you allow that to overcome you, allow that adversity to, to win, well, then you're proving me right. If you're on the second team and you're like, well, coach doesn't like me. And then you play bad. Well, I'm like, well, then I was right. Sorry. You know, but or if you go on the second team and show me that I was wrong, well, then you win and I was wrong. So which where do you want to be? Do you want to win or do you want me to win? You know, so we talk about things like that with them, um, but really just sitting them down and saying, hey, listen, here's what I see. You know, try to take the route of explaining it to them, try to tell them the why what we're seeing. But at some point, there is a point where we will say to a kid, hey, listen, we're the coach. So like we've done all this with you. You're still not coming around. You don't have to come around, but I do have to make a decision that I think is right. 
And you rarely find a kid that's going to stay that to his guns that long. But if they do, then then they go somewhere else. So. I've seen young adults. I've seen adults that they they stick with their guns because yep. in their mind they are the most positive people. Yeah. Um, they have the best growth mindset, and you're yep. like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know. Right. And it's so hard unless I think people are really hungry to see something different or go teach me. It, it's hard to to step in and to actually teach that if they don't want to know that. You got to, you have to have, they, it's not, it doesn't happen overnight. It does not happen overnight. I've never had a meeting with a kid walk in and we, we meet one time and then she walks out and I'm like, oh, perfect. We're fixed. No problem. It, you have to be committed to sticking with your guns also, by the way. I mean, that's what's so key. I see, I see so many coaches, they say they want something to happen, but when the going gets tough and it comes time to win, they bend their culture. They bend their beliefs to make sure that player so-and-so is on the field. And you can't do that because the minute you do it one time, it's over. It's done. Your whole culture's done. Every player sees right through you. And I think that's one of the things that people know about me as a coach is that I will not bend for anything. I will not bend. We won't bend here. I won't bend personally. I know what I have enough. You got to have, as a leader, you got to have enough confidence in yourself to say, Hey, what I've done has won and it will continue to win. Even if you're not the best player, well, I'll take a little bit less that fights for my culture because that player will win and we will actually will win more to be quite honest, because every other player will come along with them. Um, and so I think it's so important that you don't bend you, you, you hear them out, they hear you out. And then the leader has to be the leader. And that's when it gets tough. That's when it gets tough because you have to be willing to stand there in that adversity and say, I'm going to take it. It's going to fall on me at the end of the day, because I'm the coach, but if, and I'm going to, I'm not going to bend to those, your wishes or that player's desires or that player's bad attitude just to get her on the field. Because if you do that, then your whole culture's done. But if you're confident enough and you're strong enough, then it, you will, you will win. You will win. It's just, it may not, it may take a little bit. It may take a little bit. It's, so. it's consistency. And yeah. oh, as yeah. you're talking, it's like, it's consistency. It's that 1% rule that you're just focused on what can I control? And I'm doing it 1% every day, but right. it's consistent. And you don't say one thing and do another. Yeah. Because no. that, that creates so much confusion. Yeah. I think you have to live your life. Like, you know, you have to live your life like the way you're going to have the players with their life. And so like, mm -hmm. if I tell a player that I need something done fast, well, then I need, when they need something done fast, I have to get it done fast. So therefore they're like, okay, coach is going to hold me to this standard, but, but he's going to do the same thing. And I don't believe in, I don't, I just, I believe in any standard that I'm going to hold the players to, I have to have that same standard. You know, it's, um, it's a big, I'm a big believer in that. That's like when, a, if a player texts me, they will be getting an answer ASAP, at least an answer that says, Hey, I don't know the answer. I'm trying to find out the answer. And I think also though, with players, it's so important to show you're vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, I think that so many coaches don't want to show that they mess up. So many coaches don't want to say, I don't know. So many coaches don't want to say, man, you know, that, that sucks. You're right. That sucks. That, that was, I, I hear you. Nothing I can do about it, but I know it's, I know it sucks. And I think that that's one of the things that leaders have to be willing to do is to show that they're, they don't know everything. And we're not this, you know, we're, we, we have a personal side and I, you know, I don't want to play. I didn't want to play for a coach that didn't, that, that, you know, 
you know, that was just this hard person always telling me what to do. And you're like, man, does he realize how miserable this is right now? You know, and, and, and I think also one thing as a leader, one thing that I really believe in to help establish, so you got to make sure that what you're doing to create adversity or create mentality is real, mm. is not fake. And so, you know, like, I know that our players know that, like, if something is not making sense, we're going to stop it. And therefore, they know that if we are doing it, they're like, okay, coach, I, we trust coach that he's making us do something that's going to help us get better. You know, for example, like, I hear coaches all the time, they're like, oh, yeah, we practice two and a half hours. I'm like, why? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. You know, and, and so listen, you know, stop, don't make them do things that don't make sense. You know, we, you know, we've learned so much about the soccer and this goes more into the soccer, but about rest and recovery and like how important that is. And so now we've changed things to make that more important and whatnot. But if the player sees that you care, the player sees that you're not perfect, they buy into that so much. I, I mean, I love it if, if my boss, you know, I have a Eric, but I'm talking about a higher, you know, my AD, if he was to say to me, you know, that was, a, that was a bad idea. It didn't work. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, it's better for you to own the fact that maybe that idea didn't work because not every day is perfect. Okay. I remember I worked for a guy that used to yell at me um, when, when one of my ideas would fail and he had ideas that failed all the time. And he, and it was like, I'm like, yeah, you're right. I made a bad decision there. I didn't do it out of, I didn't do it because I tried, I tried something. It didn't work. And I'd be like, Hey, you know what? You're, blah 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 something's happening and I'm like that's not working either but to show for your boss or your coach to show that you're not perfect players will run through brick walls for you for that they will do anything for you if they know that you're not perfect also so which we aren't <laughs> but it goes back into you can't ask someone to do something that yeah. you aren't yourself like we yeah. can't right and, the more, and and that was I think it was a, a recent study by Harvard that what people are looking for in a boss is exactly what you're saying. One of the top five where they wanted their leader to be authentic. They mm -hmm. wanted to know that they were vulnerable because it's saying, hey, you know, I'm in this with you. I know what it's like and not just lip service. No, I've been there right. and I can walk you through this because right. I've been there and they see it. They know it. Yeah, I, I just think I just think we people think of bosses as like the 1960s version of a boss where you're sitting at the top of the ivory tower and you're not, you know, nobody knows anything. And it's like, no, guys, we're we're human. We mess up. Let's 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 just show that. And I think, you know, my players, I look at them all the time. And I'm like, guys, I've been there. I've done that. I've been hurt. I've been on the bench. I've missed the goal. You know, I've, 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 I've run those fitness runs that you've run. I've run in the heat. You know, I've I've not won games. I've lost games. I've won games. And, uh, you know just have the ability to be in their shoes, you know, and I would imagine I'd, I've never done anything besides soccer. Um, but I imagine if, a, if a, in the real world, if I worked for a boss that you know, didn't understand that, yeah, being a salesman is sometimes difficult because you may not hit your numbers like that. That's like, that's nerve wracking. I imagine, you know, and, and I, it's just like not getting a recruit. It's, it's nerve wracking when you're kind of on that waiting for that player to commit to you or commit to, you know, Santa Clara or something like that. Um, but when I know that somebody is empathetic and I know that somebody is like understanding, that doesn't mean you have to accept it. And it doesn't mean that you lower your standard, but you just are empathetic to the fact that it's hard. That goes so much so far for me personally. And because it goes so far for me personally, I imagine it goes so far for my players too. So, you know, so yeah, this morning, um, I was reading before I got ready for this call and there's a book I'm reading called finish strong. Mm -hmm. And there was a story about this guy named Paul ham. He was a U.S. gymnast 
and he was the first U.S. gymnast to win, to win the World Elite uh, Championship. So he's going into the Olympics, and no U.S. gymnast or for men had ever won a like a gold medal. Um, I think his name was Vitter, and I don't know gymnast. He was the only one that had won a medal 1984. So this is 2004. So he's like, he's out there. They're all looking at him. He's going to do well. He gets up on his first event. So he's doing three events and he falls. So he falls, almost falls off the mat. He ends up in 12th place. And you could, they were saying, just looking at his you know, face is like defeat. It's like, there's absolutely no way he's even going to be on the podium, but he gets back in. He just rallies, right? He rallies, gets on his second event and he just crushes it. Um, ends up in fourth place. So now he's in the high bars, which is his, actually that's his strength. And he just went in just with everything, with, with fight, with belief. And they said it was just magical to watch. I wish I could have seen this, but he ends up winning the gold medal by 0 0.012 points, 0 0.012 points. And I was thinking about just the mindset and really overcoming adversity. And a lot of times when we have adversity, and something like that happens. You fall down, you're like, oh my God, my dream has just crumbled. Yeah. But he refused to give up. And, and I look at TCU and just with the, the mentality, that fighting mentality, that's what happened last year. Mm -hmm. What happened with the year before? So how do you create that fighting mentality where someone falls down and they're like, dang, <laughs> I have no choice, but I'm going to get back up and I'm just going to give everything I have. Yeah. I think it comes to try to, I think, you know, we, every team I've ever coached, you've tried to create a, a, a culture, a team, a team circle, a culture, just a, of unity um, of not wanting to let each other down um, using terminology and training where we are making it hard. And we make it hard in training, not in, a, not in an unrealistic way, but we push you. We, we're going to push you past that, that point where you think you can do it. And then, you know, we're going to, but you, you, I think that one of the things that people make mistakes are when you kind of create that culture. What, we, what we've done is that you, you, you know that you, the standard's here and maybe you're down here. You don't try to go here immediately. It's just, it's just this. It's small, small steps. And so they're learning to fight along the way, you know. And um, I think the one of the things that we, you know, we try to do is we, we talk. We talk a lot about, hey, what we want our mindset to be. Hey, when it going, when it gets tough, we don't allow you to step that back. We don't allow you to, you know, um, take the easy way out. You know, there are days when things are not going to be hard and practice isn't good, but we're going to keep pushing in those days. Um, you know, I love the days when practice doesn't start off well. I actually love it. It's my favorite day because then it's like, okay, how do we respond? And, and, and we talk about it. We're like, listen, today's practice didn't start out great. It's the first half of the game. What's the second half going to be like? Are you able to flip the switch? Mm -hmm. And so I think not, and trying to create, the, and when those moments happen in training, it's calling attention to those moments. So therefore they're like, I can use this later on. And we talk about it, you know, all the time about what experience did we learn here? Who, who, you know, what'd you learn? So we use, so we try and use that, but try to make training sessions harder, try to create some, yeah, some situations that are a little bit unique that create those adversity moments, but really calling attention to when they organically happen. When it organically happens and you can say, hey, listen, this didn't work out well. How are you going to respond? That's the best. When you have to kind of fake it, it does work, but it's not real. But, you know, when you have a bad training session, when you have a bad first half of practice, when you have a player that's like, you know, you know, struggling with um, scoring a goal or something like that and pulling them aside, like, hey, listen, I get it. You missed. 
it is what it is. But now are you going to miss the next one? How are you going to keep remember this? How are you going to use this experience going forward? I think that's one of the things that we've really tried to create. Um, you know, we there's in soccer and sports, there's things that, you know, you against the world, those kind of cliches and all that kind of stuff. But really trying to be organic in your in, in the moments that happen in training to, to use those experiences because then you can say, hey, remember, do you remember in training when we were doing this? Remember in the game against so-and-so we were doing this? That's when it really genuinely happens. But it also happens by showing them that you care, mm -hmm. showing them that you care away from the field. If they all know you care about them, they will run through brick walls on the field and they don't want to let their teammates down and they don't want to let you down. And I think that's how you, you have to do it. It comes down to today's kid has to know you care in every way. And if they, if they do, they're going to be, they're going to, they're going to help you create that culture. If they don't, they're going to, they're not going to care about your culture. Cause at the end of the day, it is our, it's, it's the coach's culture. Cause we're here forever, hopefully. Um, and so you've got to set that culture and then show them how to, and then show them what it is, but it comes down to caring, but it comes down to, but we do push them. We push them in training, but we don't push them. We push them real. It's not fake. And they, they know it's real. So, you know, I love what you said. You actually get excited when things don't go well because oh, you're yeah. right. That's where that's where we can learn. And that's what how do we adjust? How do we shift when you know shit hits the fan? When yeah. all of a sudden it's just like, ah, you know, how do we get back up? Because that's a skill that we need because life isn't easy. Yeah. Life is so fun. I always say, you know, the mountaintop, those are the fun times. That's the celebration. Yeah. But we can't get there unless we know how to shift when things are sucky. Well, we, we played um, New Mexico this year. Um, and we, in the first round of the NCAA tournament, or I guess it's technically the second round because we had a bye. Um, and we were, we were the four seed in the NCAA tournament. They were not a seed. They were a lower team. And so we are expected to win that game. There's no doubt about it. Um, and we won one nothing at halftime. We were down one nothing at halftime, sorry. And we weren't playing well, to be quite honest. We looked nervous. We looked a little anxious and those kind of things. And um, at halftime, um, the coaching staff went in, and, and I, um, I got after him, let's say. I got after him. And, in and so, Ryan's yeah. way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, we ended up scoring like four goals in the first like seven minutes of the second half. And won six to two. Played fantastic in the second half. But the thing is, is that you will always remember the win, but the reality is the stories will be about halftime and about turning it around. Um, and that's the, that's the climb. That's the climb. You know, you don't, I mean, I never we won a lot of games, but the stories aren't about the wins. The stories are about the fight, the summer, the halftime speeches, the pregame speeches, you know, the running, you know, the, the, the free kick you saved, all those kind of things are, I don't talk about, hey, we won against Duke when I played. We talk about, hey, do you remember, you know, how, how we had to work again that game? Do you remember how, oh, I remember when you saved that ball off the line or whatever. That's what you talk about. You talk about the memories. You don't talk about the win. You talk about the memories, and the memories are the fight to get there. There's no doubt about that. So, okay. so. I'm going to open it up. So if anyone has questions for Ryan, so those of you on Facebook, I'm able to actually see. Um, or if you're on the Zoom webinar, you can put it in the Q&A or in the chat. Um, so as they're thinking about their questions, what are you doing? Because watching the, the TCU soccer program just up it every year, I mean, you just, you keep growing yeah. and getting better. So what are you doing as a coaching staff 
that is helping create that because it has to start from the top down. Yeah. You know, I think um, we've done a lot of things on personal growth. You know, we've done a lot of things, obviously, you know, obviously done stuff with you guys a lot um, on personal growth. Um, done a lot of things, you know, I know personally for me, I only speak to myself, but, you know, I personally try to stay up to date with, you know, all things soccer related. Um, I go to, you know, MLS preseason I go watch pro games. I go watch as much soccer as I can at the level above us um, to see what is going on. You know, we read, um, we ask questions. Um, we try to find moments to um, do self-reflection, whether through it's a course or whether it's through other opportunities. Um, we, you know, I think one of the things also that, you know, Eric is our head coach here. And, you know, one of the things that I have learned from him so much is to hire a staff mm -hmm. that is willing to challenge you and be accepting of that challenge. Um, you know, I don't know if I'll ever be a head coach because I, I love living in Dallas and we have a great program here and we have a great group, but like, that would be one of the first things that I would do is hire a staff that is willing to chat that you're, that will challenge you in a positive way, but be willing to accept that because that's why you hired them. Um, and, you know, trust me, I'm not the easiest guy to work with. I can have an opinion, <laughs> but just I think that just a little bit, but, you know, I think that that's one of the things that our staff does so well is we, we respect and appreciate each other so much, but we also are understanding that, Hey, we're not here to get along every day. And if we did, then that wouldn't probably work. And so um, those are things that we're doing, you know, and you guys come and work with us at times. And, you know, we go, I think for me, it is about education um, from a soccer standpoint, trying to keep myself as educated as possible. And for me, it's going to watch the higher levels to improve. And, you know, I took time during COVID to read about some things that I knew I needed to improve on and try to continue to that. Um, but never resting. That's the key. It's just always saying, okay, we got to get better. We got to get better. We got to get better. Players got to get better. We got to get better. So. So what book or program are you reading, listening to right now? Uh, what do I, I took it out of, it's, um, I, well, Eric actually has wanted me to read this book called The Wolf Pack. I think you may yes. have suggested him. I'm going to, I'm. It's so good. It's such you a read it. Oh, he read yeah. it. So I'm, I'm, he told me he read it in an hour. Yep. I don't know if I'm that good of a reader, but I'm going to take two, hopefully. So. back. It yeah. is so good. So um, just a couple of things, just reading some other books on leadership. I don't, I left them at home actually, but just, just different things that we pick and find and go from there. So, um, but that's what I'm going to read, I guess, tonight and tomorrow night. I told Eric, I told Eric, I'll do it in two days. So, um, so. Well, I think those, some of her lessons tie into exactly what you're talking about. And one of the biggest lessons that I took away from that book is leading from the bench. Because, yeah. you know, the great players are the ones, yeah. everyone wants to play. Everyone yeah. wants to play. Right. But there are times that no matter if we're in a sport or in a business or that we're in a role, yeah. we're like, well, I, someone else is better than me right now. And in order to win, that means I need to lead from the bench. And how can I be the best bench seat, you know, person ever? So we, funny enough, it has happened after the New Mexico game, but it goes into what you're saying. We have goals at our program. Okay. Like they have to meet every game. Like, did you? get this many corner kicks and score goals and whatnot we've added a goal this year mary that is did did we win the sideline mm, so it gives the bench the players on the bench did they bring the energy compared to the other team did we win the sideline and if if we can win the sideline the energy that's going to go to that to the players that are on the field you're putting yourself above the team all that kind of stuff that's you know that's amazing so you know that's awesome. All right. I have a question from Kirill. Yep. How do you engage your teams and keep them motivated? 
you know, I think that you I think that kind of goes back a little bit to what we talked about um, in the beginning. You got to find when you recruit, you've got to make sure you're recruiting kids that have the, you know, that do have some of the same goals that you have or some of the same aspirations from a team standpoint. Um, but I think the things that we do is we set, you know, set small goals, set small goals along the way. Don't, if you said, if the goal is only to win the national championship, well, almost everybody fails every year. And so it is about competing for national championships. It's about competing for that, um, for that tr trophy and competing is about hard work, getting better, you know, uh, doing the little things extra, you know, doing, you know, nutrition, doing every little thing that is, that will help you maybe compete for a national championship. I think the coaches that say we're here to win the national championship, well, you're, you're going to fail. You're going to fail, but you can come uh, a coach that I worked with named Caleb Porter. His, his motto was always, we're competing to win national championships. And so therefore competing can be every day. Competing can be every day. So set goals that you can meet every day, and that'll keep you going along the way to hopefully end up reaching what may actually be the ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. So there's um there was a book that Angie Lurkin had us read. It was Burn Your Goals mm -hmm. by Joshua Metcalf. And it wasn't that you need to get rid of your goals, but it's you have your goal, but you win the day. So what right. kind of it goes back into your what your mindset is, how am I going to compete and win this day? Right. If we get stuck in the future we get, we can't even, we're not even, even get there. where we're right. There's so many failures there. and then yeah. the expectation and then we crash and burn. Right. Um, I have another question for you. So in less than five words, can you define your leadership style? Less than five words, Mary, come on. That's like impossible um, for me. Um, passionate, um, committed, caring. So, did it in three yeah so i thought about it so <laughs> those three absolute passionate i'm like fiery passionate you yeah. believe so deeply in the players in the program in the people and you fight like you fight for the underdog you fight for you just you fight you fight for people to succeed yeah i you know i was a i was a i played obviously um, I was never the, the, the star player. A lot of times there were national team players. I never played for our national team. Um, so I was a little bit of an underdog. Um, and so I see that in people and I, I believe that that is so powerful, you know, and I think that it, not enough people have people fighting for them. And, and, and I, and I, and I want to fight for them. You know, I want to fight. And then I also want to fight because I want them to have the same joy and experiences that I had, that I got from this game. Cause I love this game. Um, but it gave me so much. I saw the world. I have friends. I have everything because of this game. And it's a great game. Um, and I want the people to see the joy of what it's like when you get there. You know, I, I want to see, see people's smile on their face when they get to, when they reach that ultimate goal. You know, I, I, you, know you see our highlight videos right now and the smiles on those kids' faces when they won that championship. You know, I wasn't in any of the videos. It's not about me. I had my time. Um, I will never be in a video. I will never be on a podium. It's not about me. It's about those kids having that joy. And people all say, like, Ryan, get in the picture. I'm like, I don't want it in the picture. My, my time for pictures is coming gone. I don't care about that. People like fight me over. They're like, Ryan, get in the picture. I'm like, I don't want to be in the picture. Like, it's about, it's about these kids. It's about these kids. And so I will fight for them every day. I will fight for them every day. So it goes back to the very beginning what you said, you have to care. Mm -hmm. And you can't fight for someone if you don't care, which goes yeah. back into one of your core beliefs. And when kids see 
that not only are you fighting for them, yes, with this passion sometimes, but at the underneath, they know that you care and that you would give the shirt off their back yep. for them, they'll, they'll perform. They right. want to because yep. they have someone who's going after them. Well, they, they see it in the games. You know, I'll get on a ref. I'll get on another coach sometimes. If it's, they know I've got, they know I've got their back. They know in practice, I'm going to get on them, by the way. But they also know that come game day, there is nobody that's going to fight more for them. And I'm going to show them that. So you, you earned, you earned the place. So you've earned the respect to go there. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. I try. Um, another question. So going into a new season with a new set of challenges, how are you personally and as a staff going to raise the bar or keep it fresh? Well, I, it's, it's interesting that you asked that because um, we've every year at TCU, we've gotten better. Literally every season at TCU in our years, we've finished better and better and better. And, and Eric and I were talking about this and we're like, finishing better next year is like from a, from a tangible standpoint is not, that's a major, that's the, 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 the it's a very small, there's only a couple goals that can be better than, than what we've done this past year. Um, and so we talk about a lot you know, it's not about defending a championship, you know, uh, Caleb, again, my, my, one of my best friends, Caleb Porter, he always said, you're not defending a championship. It's last year's champion. It's, this is a whole new year. It's last year's champion. You're not defending anything. Um, and so really resetting the resetting the entire thing. First day of preseason is about, we're just going to go back to the basics. We're going to go back to our team shape and working on that and, and re and reestablishing everything that made us successful. Um, and so taking it down, tearing it all down, building it back up. Um, that's one, that's the, that's the way you kind of go about it again to, to reach the goal. It's not about talking about reaching the elite eight, you know, we're done. That's over. It's about, it's about winning today. It's about, can we get fit today? Can we work hard today? Um, and I, it just all goes back to, to keep it fresh. You got to start all over. If you, you got to start all over because it's a whole new group, it's a whole new team and you got to get going again. And so it's about starting from ground zero and taking the day by day step to get to get back to what they want to say is get back to. But for us, it's about just it's just about taking the day to day step. This team is not getting back to anything. This team is new. This is a new team. There's no getting back for this team. It is about this team is a 2021 TCU soccer team. What is this team's legacy going to be? We don't know, but day by day, let's just keep building on it. And I think that's how you do it. You don't talk about the past because the past will then wear you down. So I heard something that said yesterday's success is is a detriment to tomorrow's success because yeah. if we get so stuck on what we did and success, we see this. So I was in sales and I remember it was so hard to kickstart a new month. Because the salespeople would crush it, you know, they'd hit their numbers. Yeah. And then the first, the first week or two of the month was like, whoo, we were on autopilot. But I think one of the reasons why I absolutely love um, sports and athletes that are just crazy is they got this mindset and it's this determination that it's not about yesterday's success. It is right. what you're saying. Let's get back to the foundation. Let's do the little things. It is every day. What can I control? What can I win today so that I can repeat it? If we yeah. don't repeat it, then we're has-beens. I think, you know, Mary, a truly successful person, a truly successful athlete is the person that actually enjoys the process. If you find a person that enjoys winning, then they, and they don't enjoy the process, they're not going to win very much. They got, they got lucky. But if a truly successful person, a truly successful athlete is the person that loves the process. I love the process of playing soccer. Winning is great, 
But winning is winning, winning's over like that. Winning is over like that, especially for coaches. We're already thinking about the next game, the next whatever. But it's the process is what I love. I love soccer practice. I love going to practice and building a team. And I love players that love practicing because that is what will be sustainable. So. so how do you teach people to love the process? Because that goes into the mindset, right? Yeah. It is how do you teach them to have this growth mindset and love the process when they don't? I, I, I mean, the way I try to do it is I try to show them how much fun it is. I try to show them with my passion and my energy and my excitement of how much fun it is. To, I mean, I, they're playing soccer. Also, they, I hope they like it at some level. They wouldn't have gotten to this point if they didn't. So it's to, it's to show them how much fun, how much excitement you can have playing this game and to show them that energy and to show them that just passion all the time and the smile on the face and how cool it is and and celebrate the successes and celebrate the the moments that are just awesome and I think if you can do that then they will fall in love with the process is what my hope is that's what I try it doesn't always work I bet but that's what I try I just try to show them that this is so fun this is so fun like and you know and and, and make it fun by the way make it fun you know I mean I I hope that my players love coming to practice like, I hope that because I always loved going to practice and I try to do things that are like games and make the practice fun, make them fun, go to goal, score goals, you know, do that kind of stuff. You know, I, I used to, whenever I was the head coach and um, of my club and things like that, what I, the last thing I always said to a team, and I thought this was so important. I would give our speeches, you give your lineups, blah, blah, blah. And the last thing I always said was have fun, score some goals. Mm -hmm. And that's the last thing I always say, have fun, score some goals. That's the game. That's the game. If you are having fun, you will score some goals. So, you know, love it. fall in love with the process and you yeah. have to have fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. So. Okay. Just um, a couple of random questions and yep. then we're going to close it out. Uh, so, so answer this question. Okay. I feel like a kid again, when I am on a soccer field. Okay. Yeah. Um, what do you know now that you would share with your younger self? Be patient. Be more patient for sure. So for sure. Which is hard for your personality. It is massively hard for my my personality. Yes. So oh yeah. So last words. I always say this is like your podium, your soapbox, so to speak. So what do you have? What words do you have maybe that you haven't shared yet that you want to get out? You know, I don't think it's anything that I haven't shared yet, but I think the thing that is the most important from a coaching standpoint is show your people, show your, your people that work for you, show your players, show them that you care, mm -hmm. show them that you care. Um, and don't be afraid to show them that you care. Um, and I think in today's world, I feel like I can't show that. I can't show that. And if you show people you care, show them your personality, show them who you are, show them all the good, all the bad, um, all the tough all the great, they will follow you to the end of the road. And that's what I, I believe in as a coach. So. That's awesome. Well, I just want to thank you, Ryan, for saying yes. Um, yep. And thank you for doing this on the fly. I just, I love your personality. <laughs> I love that we just create this and just yep. thank you for taking the time. Yeah, thank I'm you. excited for where your season goes and I'm excited to come out there and work with y'all in a couple of weeks. Well, good. We're looking forward to having you guys back finally. Been a long yes. 18 months. So. Talk about adversity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, 
thanks everyone for being on here. And yes, we're gonna, it's recorded. It'll be back up on my Facebook uh, post. We'll put it on our YouTube and then it will be on the Apple podcast. So have a great rest of your week and we'll see y'all back here next week.